Welcome to Keep Calm and Homeschool On. I'm your host, Rebecca from homeschoolon.com, homeschool mom of five young children trying to maintain my sanity while drinking copious amounts of coffee. Today's episode is all about minimalist homeschooling. That's right, we're going to be talking about cutting back, scaling back, slowing down, and maybe work through some of the hoard of what you have planned for this year to make it more manageable for your family and your kids, and maybe avoid the tears and frustration this fall. So settle in for a homeschool coffee chat. School is approaching the promise of a new year, the promise of new opportunity. Your new school books are probably stacked in a corner somewhere, or maybe if you're more organized than I am, they're placed nicely on shelves or in little work boxes, ready for your kids to dive in and discover. That's so exciting. I love the beginning of school. I love fall. I love everything about it. But because I'm such a diehard fall back to school advocate, I tend to sometimes go a little overboard with my purchases. And the more that I see, the more that I buy, and the more that I buy, the more I feel obligated that I need to somehow fit this into our homeschool schedule routine. And we continue to add and jam pack our day until our day is so full that my kids are overwhelmed when I say the word school because they know that it means sitting on their bums for how many hours listening to mommy and waiting for mommy while I'm working with the other kids and it's just it's very overwhelming and quite frankly if I'm being honest is not just overwhelming for my kids it's overwhelming for me it's this massive mountain in front of me that I feel like I have to wrap my head around, that I feel like I have to do with my kids and it takes my entire day and there's just nothing left. And there's so much more to me than just homeschool mom. I also run this blog actually and it takes a ton of time and I have ministry and I've got friends that want to get together. And you know, my husband's days off are often in the middle of the week and he wants to do other things than just watch us do school all morning long. And so either I find myself cutting everything in order to do this this massive homeschool mountain and not really be able to maintain it or I have to get to the point of realizing that there's only so much that I can realistically do. So that's my story a little bit and that's a little bit of what today is going to be about. You guys, minimalist homeschooling doesn't have to mean you only use two things. It doesn't have to mean you make your own curriculum. It means scaling back. It means that the pressure that's out there to buy it all, the pressure that's out there to try it all doesn't necessarily have to apply to you and weigh on you and then then force you to make decisions that are only going to stress you out in the long run. Sometimes we think that curriculum is going to solve our problems. Often we think that that program, that that resource is going to fix whatever problems that we're having. But the more that we add to our day, the more problems we're going to face. Now we're adding a whole new dimension to our day and we have to face the reality that there's only so much we can do. So what does minimalist homeschooling look like? Right now, I want you to go to your school area, wherever that may be, your kitchen table, a bookshelf, a room, and I want you to look at what you have for curriculum. I want you to sit down if you have the time and make yourself a little list of what you're actually using for the foundation of your curriculum for each of your kids. Then what do you have left? What's the overflow? There's no problem with having resources and and books on your shelf that you might pull from or use for unit studies or whatever you want to. 
But if all that is on your shelf is a whole whack load of curriculum that you are probably not going to use because you can't use three different spelling curriculums, okay? I'm just putting that out there. If you have three different spelling curriculums, you need to stop right now. I'm staging an intervention. I'm going to come to your house and I'm going to just start taking things off the shelf. (laughs) No, but the point is, is that you need to identify as far as curriculum goes, what you're actually using. Because the rest of the stuff may look great, but if you don't have time to use it, it's just taking up a whole lot of space. And not only does it take up space on your shelf, it takes up mental headspace. And I don't even know how that works, but somehow every time you look up there and you see that curriculum and you feel the pressure to do it, it's using up mental headspace and it's putting pressure on you. And therefore, in human nature, you're putting pressure on your kids because that's just what happens. And so we try to do more and we try to fit more in because it's a great curriculum. There are so many great curriculums out there, you guys. It is hard to identify what's going to work. It's hard to choose for your family. But once you've found something, in some ways, it's better to stick with it than it is to continually go out and buy more and more and more and more because though there may be a better curriculum out there, I'm not saying that that maybe you found the best, maybe you haven't, but by adding more and more and more, you're just adding more pressure onto yourself. So either totally get rid of the curriculum that you have, sell it, trash it, something, and get something different or stick with what you have and try something different in the next season or the next year or whatever that may look like so that your shelves aren't protruding with a whole bunch of stuff that you don't really love and that you're not really using. It's the same philosophy as looking in your closet, okay? I bet you if you go look in your closet right now, there's going to be a whole bunch of clothes that you have just because they're clothes. And you know, they kind of do the job and you wear them when you don't have laundry done. But the reality is you don't love them. You just don't love them. So we want to do the same thing with our homeschool, with our classroom, with our books. We want our homeschool to work for us. We don't want to have to dig through masses of resources to find what we want We want to use. And you guys, if you have that many resources, you just won't. You won't use it because you won't even see it in the pile and sea of books that you have. You won't even see it and it will just sit there. And one day when your kids are in the next stage, like middle school, you're going to look at it and say, oh my goodness, I forgot that I even had this and I had wanted to use it with my kids. So if you minimize, if you simplify, then you're going to see what you have and be able to actually use it. Now, I'm not saying go to your shelf and and remove everything, okay? There's a lot of great resources out there that you can use as supplemental. There's a lot of great resources out there that are handy to have on your shelf when your kids are interested in something. But... Don't put it on your shelf and then feel like you have to work it into your daily curriculum, rhythm, or routine in any way. Because if you're adding too much, if it's getting to the point, or especially if you've got elementary age children, you should not be doing school for eight hours a day. You should not. I don't care what school kids do, even six hours a day. It's a lot. It's an awful lot to expect without a whole lot of breaks and without a whole lot of fun things mixed in with that. It is a lot to expect a kid to sit and work hard independently when they've got more one-on-one help for that length of time. You should be able to get your school done in a decent amount of time. And if you want to work into your afternoons and you want to do stuff, make it the fun stuff. Add in, you know, the fun stuff that you guys are interested in as a family. Go do projects. Go do field trips. Go do science lessons outside in a nature walk. Get outside. Do something different. Shift it up. But book work for six to eight hours a day is too much in elementary. 
I just feel like someone out there needs to hear it. Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm speaking to myself right now because by the way, real life situation, I told my kids we're getting back into school routine, but I was going to, we're going to start off gently. And so my son, who's grade six, was very excited about that. And then I said everything we were going to do and he started crying (laughs) and went to his room. So I realized that by gently, I probably need to start with a subject a day and just work our way up so that maybe in a week or two weeks, we're ready to get into a full rhythm of our day. But even that, even that, we have to mix in other stuff so that it's not so daunting. Because just like what I talk about with other curriculums, or just like, I don't know if anyone's done Beachbody, but the whole P90X muscle confusion thing, I feel like that plays into homeschooling. It's it's learning confusion. If we can keep our kids from getting into a rut, from getting overwhelmed, from from information overload, then they're going to be learning much more consistently. What I mean by that is that if we sit down and do book work for five hours, how much of that is my child retaining? How much is their brain actually retaining when I'm not mixing it up with anything? Versus if I give my kids a little bit of work and then we go on a walk and the blood's going and they have a little snack and they do something fun that just sparks their creativity and then we go back in and we do a little bit of work and then we mix it up and now they're doing reading eggs or something on the iPad and then they go back and they do a little bit of work and now they're going to be teaching their younger sibling and maybe doing a project with them that's fun and they love and then we're going to go back and do a little bit of work and now they're going to work on an instrument and they're going to practice and that's going to awaken all sorts of neurons in their brains and work their entire brain at once but in a really unique way and then we're going to go back and do a little bit of work and you see how when you mix it up it becomes less daunting because it's not just sit read and write and if you are using all curriculum at sit read and write you can make it work even if your child is more kinesthetic and hands-on but you need to break it up with other things especially if they're in elementary and I kind of feel like most people that follow me have kids in elementary and so it applies. If your child is older, if they are in middle high school, you are starting to get to the point where they can work for longer stretches of time and they can work more independently and it's a different story. But if your child's in elementary, you kind of have to get a bit creative so that it's not overwhelming. And and what they do in school, you guys, there it is broken up. It is because they're in a classroom with a whole bunch of kids and goofing off and there's recesses and there's breaks. But the thing is, it's not just a break. You might be sitting there thinking, well, I give my kids breaks. We have a snack. But is it a break that's filling them? Is it a break that's fun and engaging and they're laughing and goofing off? Or is it a break where it's just sit quietly, just like you were just doing with your workbook? I want you to sit quietly and I want you to eat your snack. And then we're going to sit quietly and go back to our school. All I'm saying is that you got to mix it up. Have a bit of fun. Go jump on the trampoline with your kids. Go for a walk. Do swimming lessons. Something. Something that's going to break it up in your day and make it a little more engaging for the whole child, not just always focusing on their mind. We teach the whole child, and that is a Charlotte Mason philosophy, but it's one that I think just should be in every homeschool, teaching the whole child, teaching their their character, teaching their heart, and not just always in that teaching, but nourishing their heart, loving on them, having fun with them. And when we can see the whole child and not just try to stuff their brain with information, that's when information actually starts to stick. And almost the more that we try to stuff their brain with information, it backfires on us and the less they actually learn because it just doesn't mean anything to them. So minimalist homeschooling means scaling back, cutting back, start small and add in once you have a rhythm and routine. Maybe that means you do one subject for an entire week. All we're doing is math. 
and then add in copy work and then add in your morning basket and slowly build it up so you're getting to a point of what is sustainable. If your kids are in elementary, make sure you're being aware of the fact that even if school's taking you till three o'clock, are you mixing in other things in your day so that they're not just expected to sit and read and write for that length of time? What else can you add? What else can you do to make it fun and engaging? The other thing that minimalist homeschooling means is simplifying your actual day. And this is for a lot of the parents that go out and put their kids in one thing each or two things each. Now, again, there is high value in that. There is a value system in giving your kids something that they can be confident in and giving your kids something that they can be good at. And it's, it's some ways, you guys, it will tether your children when they're in high school. It's going to tether your kids when they're teenagers and young adults because it's something that they are confident about in themselves. And if we can give our kids self-confidence, that is the biggest absolute gift we can give them as far as you want your kids to not be swayed by peer pressure and be confident in who they are. It really, it does come down to confidence. If they lack self-esteem, then they're much more easily swayed by other people because they depend on other people's opinions of them in order to feel good about themselves. If we can give our kids something that they're good at, something they excel at, if we can start to build within them their own well of self-confidence, then they don't need other people's opinions of them. They don't need other people to like them and they're far less swayed by peer pressure. And yeah, this is a big deal because we're talking things like sex, drugs, alcohol, partying, whatever else may come up. You want your kids to stand tall and strong. What are you doing right now to fill the well of confidence that is within them? And so there is something too, and I'm a, I'm a huge advocate of scaling back, you know, like for the longest time, we haven't done anything. Now, part of that is because we've been in small little tiny places. My husband's RCMP, that's Royal Canadian Mounted Police. So that's like kind of like federal police up here in Canada. So we can move essentially anywhere in Canada. Um, and, and we've been in smaller postings. So tiny little towns, 600, maybe a thousand people. There's no real options for us for classes or courses for our kids to take. And so we've taken that as an opportunity to just focus inward and not be running around like crazy people. And I talk a lot about that. Parents that involve their kids in so many things and they just run around, they become the taxi driver and you can't even actually get a lot of your school done because you're so focused on driving your kids all over the place you know, making sure they're socialized. And so just like with anything, there's balance. Just like with anything, there is extremes on either end. And if your kids are very young, I feel like there is grace and there's time for you to just focus inward. You could do nothing with your kids when they're young and you could just focus on your family and on homeschooling and on the relationship and the heart. But there does come a point where unless your child shows a natural gifting that you're able to facilitate in the home environment, you might need to push them out into something and figure out what they're passionate about, what they're interested in, or what they're good at. It's not always about what they're passionate about. Just giving them something they're good at can boost their self-confidence. So it's difficult if you have a child that you don't know what that is. And with homeschooling, because they have less opportunity as far as different experiences that they're doing on a regular basis, it is harder to identify that without having to go pay for a class and see whether it's a good fit or not. 
And experimenting like that is timely and experimenting like that is costly. So it is a difficult position to be in. It starts with probably sitting down with your child and figuring out what they're interested in. I really recommend not doing more than one thing, not only for their sake in that they're really going to be able to pour into this one thing and see if it's a good fit. And you guys have to give it time. My daughter started violin and she cried and it was overwhelming and I was, I was done. I was like, nope. And then all of a sudden, towards the end of almost an entire year of classes, there was a switch. There was a switch where she decided she wanted it. And she all of a sudden excelled and I didn't have to harp on her to practice. And now it's become something that she's confident in, that she's excited about and that she is self-motivated in. And so you have to give it time, okay? So if we do too many things, they don't have the time to really pour into that one thing and see if it's gonna speak to your child, if it's a good fit for your child, if it's something that they're good at and are interested in because they need time to get over their own attitudes and to figure out if they're actually interested. So now we're in that situation with really the rest of my kids. The rest of my kids, I have not put them in anything other than swimming lessons. My kids haven't really been in anything. They don't really go and get involved in sports and they don't really go and get involved in music and they don't really go and get involved in drama. There's really not a whole lot that I do with my kids because up until this point, like I said, we've been in small towns. So this is my year to start to experiment with the rest of my kids and put them in one thing, two things, and what I mean by two is one the first term, one the second term, and start to explore what they're good at and what they're passionate about. And so minimalist homeschooling, it, for you, it might mean scale back. If you've been running around trying to socialize your kids, feeling that pressure and that panic of, of putting them in everything and making sure that they're good at everything, your child's not going to be good at everything. There's no way I'm not good at everything. No one's good at everything. So find one thing, invest in that, see if it's a good fit, see if they're good at it, see if they love it. If it's not pouring into them, then it's just another thing they have to do and another thing that you have to do. Find something they love that pours into them, that builds their confidence and their self-esteem and, and then choose that one thing once you find it and run with it. But then the rest, the rest should be pull it back. See how much, if you've got multiple kids, combine them, you guys, on a day or two days where you're running out. Make it later if you can in the afternoon. A lot of homeschool activities and functions are around the 12 o'clock mark because we're homeschoolers and we can get it cheaper because it's in the day when kids are in school. The problem is if it's happening at 11 o'clock in the morning, you're not getting school done because it's right in the middle of of your day. So if you can arrange it where you can do it around the three o'clock mark, that gives you a day of no pressure where you can do school with your kids and still are able to go out and do that class or whatever they're involved in. So minimalist homeschooling, I guess I'm talking to anyone out there who's feeling stressed about this year. I'm talking to anyone out there who feels overwhelmed with their day, with how much stuff they have that they're doing. You guys, things like looping, things like morning basket, those are going to help you because there is a lot of things out there that are great that if you want to add, that's not a bad thing, but you can't add it to every single day. You can't say every single day we're going to do copy work and map work and and, you know, um, oh my goodness, I can't even think of all the things that we do in our stuff. Our music study, our hymn study, our, um, our poetry, there's so many. There's so, 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 so many things that we love to add to your day. So you have to think, what are the things I want to do every single day? You have to plan out your day. You have to figure out what's actually sustainable in that and how much time you have in a day. And then you need to find a block or two blocks throughout your day that you can loop 
things. That means not doing them every day. You might only be able to do it every third day or fourth day or even only once a week. Put it into a loop where you can fit in multiple things and now be getting this rich learning experience and environment without having to necessarily change the dynamic of your day where you're adding a whole bunch of stuff. If you're feeling totally overwhelmed with this, if you don't know how to structure your homeschool day, if you don't know how to make a routine, a schedule, and figure out how all your curriculum is going to work together, come and take my Structuring Your Homeschool Day course. It's only $9.95. You get a free $9.95 homeschool planner out of it. So it's high value. It's only one week long. It's self-paced. And there's a live webinar at the end. You can find it on my blog, homeschoolon.com. Search in the podcast. Find this episode minimalist homeschooling, and then you'll see a link there listed. But you guys, the point is this, the more that you can start to to really structure, to really plan your day, to really figure out how much time your kids can manage, how much time you can manage, what's realistic, and then work with that. Work with that. Don't try to go and do everything. You can't. If you follow blogs like mine, where we talk about a whole bunch of new curriculum every single day or every single week. It's easy to come and watch my videos and say, I need that. I need that. But do you need that? That's my question for you. Do you need that? Do you already have something for language arts? Do you already have something? Unless you're doing it and it's totally bombing and not working and your kids hate it and you hate it, then maybe, maybe you need it. But if you have three language arts programs sitting on your shelf, maybe you don't. So cut back, scale back, start small, add things in, see how they fit, see how it flows, see what works for you and what's not overwhelming. Don't go crazy on the extracurricular. Try extracurricular, but don't go crazy on it. See how much you can combine your kids on multiple days so that you're not running around like a chicken with your head cut off. These are the things that can help you minimalize. They can help you slow down. They can help you make the most of your homeschool. And don't focus most on filling your child's head with facts and giving them every single learning opportunity that's out there. Focus more on their heart. Focus more on making it fun and the environment and breaking it up and teaching your kids to have a love of learning. Because if they have that, they will be able to learn about whatever they are interested in. That's my tips for today. Minimalist homeschooling, scaling back. I am preaching to the choir because I have a bazillion different curriculums lining my shelf and many, many, many of them we don't use. I have them that I've done from reviews. And so if anyone wants to come and buy curriculum off me, just saying. So I hope you guys have an amazing week, whether you're homeschooling or not. And stay tuned for next week's podcast episode right here on Keep Calm and Homeschool On.